Hey guys, welcome back to Shades of Brilliance. I'm your host, Sierra Venable, and the holidays are approaching us. Um, I have a lot of mixed feelings about this, so I want to just dive in. First being that it's Halloween coming up. This episode drops on Friday, so I think that's what, October 27th? And let me just say, nobody cares about Halloween except for the United States. I'm in London right now. I moved here like a month ago and it's just so (laughs) nobody cares. Like it's not that big of a deal, you know, like in the States, I really I've I've thought about this and I've analyzed it critically. Halloween kind of brings us together. Everyone dresses up. I was telling my friends in school because I have friends from all different countries. I mean, from Europe and from South Asia and just like literally all over the world. And they're like, the fact that you dress up as kids and like knock on strangers' doors for candy is crazy. Like, I don't think it's common. I think in like European countries, it's a little more common, but it's not like nobody's that into it. Like, it's more common for like little tiny kids that like maybe want to do that, but your family would have to be inclined to like want to do that. Whereas in America, it's like weird if you didn't do trick-or-treating. You know, I feel like we have a lot of social pressure around holidays because it's like what keeps us going, you know, like we're extremely optimistic people that just have this kind of find a new way forward mentality baked into like everything that we do, this kind of endless progress, this it'll be better at some point, just keep going. And I really think the holidays is what strings together a lot of that you know, like for example, winter break, fall break, you know, there's always some kind of, um, you know, just festivity. It kind of just cheers up the gloom for us, you know? And so it also keeps us kind of distracted and entertained, which is a whole, a whole separate thing about American culture. I think, I mean, a lot of American culture is about entertainment and comfortability and security. Whereas, you know, it's not common in Europe to believe, like live that way. Like they would rather, you know, work intentionally and then have time off, (laughs) have holidays. The sad part is though, we don't have vacation time. Like we're just so used to like this grind mode. So the holidays is like our excuse to put more work into something, but for like a silly reason, like there's no point. It's just silly. And so I've been trying to like, you know, tell everybody this and get everybody into it. And they just think it's so childish and like juvenile. I do have a lot of friends that are doing, that we're doing Halloween. It's not like um, we're not doing it, but I'm definitely leading the charge. I feel like I'm leading the morale on Halloween um, because I'm American. Like this is what we do. I went to the grocery store the other day and I got a pumpkin because I was like, how am I not going to get a pumpkin and carve it? Like it, it feels, it feels silly to me not to do those things. So I kind of want to talk about this today. Like, what is the point of the holidays and what are we really coming to with the holidays? The world has been described by many as it feels like it's falling apart. And I like to argue that the world has always been falling apart. I think there's something about social media and modern technology that makes us aware of so many things. It is a lot harder to indoctrinate you know, than it used to be, you know, like when you think about world wars or, you know, 
heavy, destructive times in history. Like, I think it was just a lot harder to conceptualize, like, what was going on. I think that's the blessing and the curse of social media. Like, obviously, it's a lot easier to indoctrinate. Like, the fact that the state of Israel has a Twitter account is, like, incomprehensible to me. I don't think the United States is a, an official Twitter account or an official Instagram account. So that is kind of dystopian. Not even kind of, it is very dystopian. I mean, that is that to me, it just screams um, indoctrination. Um, but I think it also exposes to so many different realities that it's kind of hard to deny like people's firsthand accounts of things or literal just like live footage and so we're living in this really weird like nihilistic time and i've talked about i think i've talked about nihilism before it's a big topic amongst artists and designers i'm in my master's program right now at ual and almost everything we talk about there's some flavor of nihilism if you're unfamiliar with that term means it's basically this sentiment that nothing really matters um, let me look up the actual definition because I always butcher it. It's basically the idea that like God isn't real. You know, it's a rejection of religious principles, moral principles. And I think that this happens. I, I do. I think that especially as Americans, like, or I'm speaking for Americans, we live with this very optimistic kind of delusional way of being because that is our culture. Like our culture is to just somehow believe that at some point things will be better. And I think there definitely is flavors of white supremacy in that. And also just Christianity. I think when you can assert dominance over all other cultures, like the fact that we speak English, like English is used to, you know, push people into a certain way of being, it's so sad. Like I have so many friends now who speak French and Italian and so many different languages. And they're like, I can't say, I can't speak. I don't want to speak up in class because my English is not good. I'm like, are you kidding? I would kill to know a different language. Like, it's crazy to me how weaponized and just like, like anything related to white supremacy has been used to um, like subjugate people and like the most evil and like insane ways and so it doesn't it, it's not it should not be shocking that gen z specifically is so nihilistic like we we don't understand why what is the point of going to church you know like i think a lot of young people have left the church because it's like we need to create new meanings for things and maybe it's my american optimism but we can't like rest on the doomsday stuff for too long like at some point humans need ritual something always comes in and fills that void whether we want to think about that or not and i think like astrology um you know all of these forms of spirituality that in a white supremacist world would be denoted as like demonic gen z is like interested in all of those things I have a friend from India and he is explaining to me how serious astrology is. And it's just crazy because it's like in America, that's like, oh, that's demonic or that's like voodoo. You know, anything other than like white Christianity is just like deemed this demonic thing. And I think we're desperate to understanding other things like we want, you know, some reason, some excuse to find meaning in something and I have a belief that that has to do with ritual. It is, if it's one thing, I have to give the church one thing. When I say the church, I mean Christianity. They have provided 
a very consistent, traditional, community-oriented um, place in society that people can go to. And I don't even want to say people because it depends on what church you're going to, right? Like I grew up in the Black church. The Black church was the only institution that supported our own people. It was the only institution that you could get that Black people were awarded, that were, you know, um, celebrated. And so I think that those kinds of the cornerstones of the community can be argued as very positive things. And I think that is probably the only positive, in my opinion. But then you look at the holidays and like all of these big traditions that um, we put so much energy into, they center this kind of religious principle of ritual. You know, even if you're not religious and you celebrate Christmas, I know that a lot of my friends, like Halloween is not a big one around the world, but like I have friends that are like, oh yeah, like I'm not Christian, but we celebrate Christmas because it's like an American commercial kind of thing to do. So it's really, or they'll take like aspects of Christmas, like presents, things like that. Maybe not necessarily a tree, but um, it's really fascinating. And it makes me think like, what what is the pushback in taking a little bit from each culture, taking a little bit from, you know, just different celebrations and creating your own. I think that that's where we're going to have to head. And it makes me really just reflect on the holidays. Because again, we're headed into that season. A lot of you at home, you know, might be thinking, God, I hate the holidays. And I think that's a valid um, feeling, especially because I mean, if it, we're living in a time where you can literally watch a genocide unfold on live TV. So yeah, it makes sense that there's not a whole lot to feel blessed over or feel really, I mean, I feel numb. I feel like I break out into crying spells at least once a week. I have been in a really weird place and I am trying not to beat myself up for continuing on as if everything is normal. Um, because that was what I was conditioned to do. Like as an American citizen, like we just, you know, we don't have to know about those things. We just keep going. And so I feel very complicit actually. Um, I mean, and I'm, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel patriotic. I don't feel like I align to a lot of American principles, but I still feel complicit. Like how could I, um, <clears throat> not, know of these kinds of really deep but really important um historical events like it's just crazy and so all this to say the holiday season is probably going to bring up a lot of questions and dialogue around the thanksgiving table or the christmas family shindig and i would actually go as far to assert that a lot of you may have changed your holiday traditions. I think that definitely occurred in my family. Um, my family was very much the family that did all of the commercial things, especially for Christmas. Like my family was the family that was stressed out over cooking the meals, stressed out over getting the gifts. Why did you not open that one first? Put that in the trash. Like it, I don't think that Christmas or the holidays was really had this like harmonious, happy kind of intentional ritual. It was just like, everybody does this. And so we have to, and you know, it was this sense of like burden in some way. And I hate to say that because I don't think that was the intention in my family. Like, I don't want them to feel, hear this and like think negatively because 
I really had great Christmases growing up, especially as like a little kid. Like I'll never forget when Santa brought me an easel. All I wanted to do was play teacher. And like, I got this big easel in like the middle of the floor and like, it was amazing. But as an adult, you start to think like, do I need this stuff? Like, do I need gifts? Um, Again, with meeting people from different countries, like we've talked about holidays and they're very fascinated with like Americans obsession with consumption. And I have friends who were like, yeah, we celebrate Christmas. We go to dinner. Like it's not (laughs) gifts and sleigh rides and skiing trips and like all this other stuff. Like we have completely infused marketing and consumption with the holidays. And I think in some ways, if it's intentional, it could be fun. But in a lot of ways, it kind of is a perpetual reminder that like things, you know, my family isn't like the family on the TV. You know, my family isn't the happy family on the ads. And, you know, like what are the little traditions that we can add to make us happy? I know a lot of my friends who just don't go home for the holidays anymore. They don't go to the Christmas because they don't feel accepted by their families. You know, so it's just, I kind of want to create a space to share that it's normal. And I think that this is what, it would be crazy if you didn't feel any kind of difference um, maybe that wouldn't be crazy. Let me be more specific. It would be clear that if your holiday traditions have continued as normal and nothing has changed and the family is talking about the same old, same old, that maybe, you know, you just aren't <laughs> as interested in world events. I mean, I can imagine that even in COVID times, like not being able to do the holiday traditions created a lot of space to think differently. You know, do we need to get blackout drunk at the Christmas Eve party. That's a huge tradition in America, especially I've learned like in New England culture. That's like um East, like Northeast America, I think, right? I don't know. Our country's also just really, really big. Like I'm realizing that now that I live in London. Um, but it's very common for Americans to everything is centered around drinking, very kind of like British culture, where everything is an excuse to get drunk. Um, my family actually is a sober family. I never grew up um, seeing my mom have a glass of wine. I mean, she would have had a glass of wine at some points, but it was very rare. You know, never was there an occasion where we had to buy a liquor. I mean, at most, it was a bottle of wine or a glass of like some sweet dessert wine. Um, so it, it's just interesting to think about like everyone's background and in America, the holidays are a kind of a a window into how people's lives are lived because it's kind of a part of that keeping up with the Joneses thing. You know, what did you get for Christmas? What did you get for Christmas? My family does this. What does your family do? And so, I don't know, it's just making me reflect on like what is important to me. I think this holiday season, mom and I, mom just moved actually. So we're going to do like totally new traditions and just try new things. And we're going to explore the new city that she's living in. And we're really excited about that. I am kind of an itinerary warrior. 
which basically means I love an itinerary for any excuse. I love to just have like documented plans with like the price point and the time. That way you just have it all thought out. Nobody has to think it through in the moment because chances are when you're back at home and your family is doing the family stuff and they're complaining and you know, it's like the same old, same old is coming up. You at least have like, a, oh, hey, this is already on the calendar. Anybody want to do that? I think I craved that growing up as a kid. Like I wanted to be the white picket fence family that did the cookie bake off. Like I was always trying to bring that to my family. I was definitely kind of like the holiday cheer. Um, and I wanted to do like the Pinterest charcuterie boards, like everything was an excuse to just make something pretty. And I personally love the labor that goes into cooking. Maybe you hate that, you know, so many women are breaking their back in the holiday season to like cook a meal when they need to just order a pizza and move forward because it's like they don't want to cook. The men are expecting them to cook. Nobody's even like helping them clean, you know, the table the, the the guy is sitting out watching football while the wife c- cleans and cooks and takes care of the kids and creates a Thanksgiving activity. It's crazy. It's crazy. And it makes those are the kinds of things that makes me wonder, like, what is the point? And so I actually heard a few years ago of this podcast um, because my my family's um, traditions were changing. I was living in LA at the time. I just moved to LA and I was working at Crossroads, which shout out to Crossroads. That was like one of my favorite entry-level jobs of all time because we worked in this warehouse and we were, I was kind of like, I was like a warehouse assistant, but I um, sometimes would go on the buys and I kind of got an inside scoop about like the buying industry, um, which is very fascinating. And so we would basically buy like the excess production off of different companies and we would bring it back to the warehouse. I would process it. There was a whole process for everything, highlighting it, you know, packaging it, shipping it to the stores. Um, But we would hang out in this office and we would talk about things, you know, LA is such an open-minded culture. Um, And there was a lot of people that I knew for the first time in my life that were having a dialogue about, yeah, you know, the holidays brings up a lot of stuff and creating new traditions is normal and healthy. I had never heard that. Like I am from, I was born in Virginia in a rural kind of Southern um, kind of culture. So family is everything and you got to put up with it. Actually, our accents aren't that thick, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, you we were just taught to just, it would be an abomination if you didn't have a family to celebrate with Christmas. And so there was this pressure to put up with anything and and to just do what everybody else is doing. You know, like I think about as a kid, I would have loved to have done something kind of weird, avant-garde on Christmas. Because it's weird. I mean, you're sitting around, you're, you wake up really early, Santa comes, it's, it's this rush of adrenaline. You rip through the presents or your parents make you open them slowly. My family was like, made us open them slowly. You finish the gifts and then you're just like, what now? Boredom for the next two days because you're just like, there's nothing to do. Nothing's open, you know? And I I just grew up dreaming about the families that would do like kickball. And they had this big, because I also have a small family. So like, I just just dreaming of this big family that would, play sports or had all these activities planned. And, and I just, 
I kind of romanticized that, especially as an only child. My little cousin is also an only child. So he's like the closest thing to a sibling to me, but we're very much like, okay, we need space now. You know, <laughs> like it was just, it was a different, it was just a different experience. And so I always think about that. Like, um, but anyway, back to the holidays, you know, I'm working at Crossroads. They're asking me, what are you going to do for Christmas? And we were planning to go to New York that Christmas. It was going to be like a new tradition and we were so excited. It didn't work out. It That's a whole other story that I could go into. Um, for three years in a row, we tried to get to New York. We couldn't make it all three times. The airline fell apart. We were sitting at the airport. Like it was something every single year. Um, which is actually really, really bizarre. And we were kind of like, maybe we're just not meant to do this because it's been three years now and this is not working. But in other words, we tried to put energy towards this new tradition. It was really exciting to us. And we were really just, um, my mom and I were just really excited about this. And it really came about because my coworker at the warehouse told me, you know, you should listen to this podcast by Glennon Doyle. She wrote a book called Untamed, and she's incredible. She has a podcast called We Can Do Hard Things. And her life story is really interesting, actually. She, you know, was the perfect American citizen, perfect wife, perfect mother. And then I think at some point, I think she explains this in the book, but at some point in her life, she realizes, I want to marry this woman. And I don't know if she had already divorced her husband or what, but it like questioning her sexuality beyond the age of, you know, because you think that most people have this stereotypical assumption that you question your, your sexuality when you're young. You know, that's something that happens when you're young, then you figure it out and then you move forward. But she had had this kind of questioning later in life and it created a chain reaction from what I've gathered from the story, if I'm getting it wrong. I feel really badly. But from what I gathered, that started a chain reaction into untaming herself, you know, kind of removing this conditioning that she had been led to believe that influenced all of her life choices. And so she had this episode called The Holiday about the holidays and about creating new holiday traditions. And what really brought it about this change for her was every year they would she would slave over this thanksgiving meal and she was miserable she hated cooking the food never tasted exactly the way she wanted it to like nobody even really cared about the thanksgiving food she was making so it really was no point and she just like lived with this resentment over this holiday meal so they decided we're going one year she said we're going to whole foods everybody pick out whatever you want from the hot bar and this is thanksgiving and they do that every year now it's like a tradition and look, I don't think the Whole Foods hot bar is that tasty, but what a, an empowering way to like reclaim your energy. Everyone's happy. They get to pick out whatever they want to eat on Thanksgiving. There's no such thing as Thanksgiving type foods. And it just released all of the pressure. And now they can actually create positive holiday memories because mom is not resentful. And like, there was no expectation. You know, she removed the expectation to have to be this perfect housewife that, you know, creates this perfect meal that everybody wants to eat. I mean, she didn't even like to cook. So I think that really blossomed my curiosity into 
oh, wait, I can do anything for the holidays. If you don't know, I have a cancer rising. So I am obsessed with tradition, rethinking tradition, creating a new tradition. I think that's one of the reasons why I glamorize and romanticize having a child because I want an excuse to like relive those traditions through a new eyes, a new set of eyes. Like I, I don't know. And that's not a good reason to have kids, I guess. (laughs) I'm like, it's a lot more work than just holidays, but like, I would love to do that. Like create, um, crafts. Like I, um, since living in London, I've noticed because the Brits love Christmas. It is really, that's the holiday that they really do here. Holiday, I mean, Halloween, eh, whatever. There is no Thanksgiving because the whole story about the pilgrims and all that kind of stuff, you know, that happened in America. Um, which that can be speculated too. Because now people are think, people are going back to the roots of Thanksgiving. You know, should we even celebrate Thanksgiving? Maybe you just, you know, get a bunch of Taco Bell or whatever your favorite fast food is and that's your Thanksgiving, you know? And maybe you don't call it Thanksgiving. You call it family feast. Like, I think that those kinds of things are very empowering and can create that ritual without having this really ugh, archaic kind of conformative tradition. And if you're like me who kind of secretly likes a twinge of conformity in the form of tradition, then, you know, do you do Thanksgiving? But all that to say, the Brits are obsessed with Christmas and there's Christmas shops that are open year round because people come from all over to buy ornaments and all kinds of little ornate things. It is beautiful. If you ever come into London, come to the Liberty Building Liberty London is an incredible, incredible, incredible retail location. And on the top floor, on floor four, they have an entire section of novelty Christmas, like year-round Christmas shop. There's the most novelty ornaments. I'm talking like a little martini ornament and the little, um, all the London ornaments. So all of the telephone booths and the taxi cabs and like these just, ugh. I love that novelty is coming back through this maximalism um, obsession. And you could go in there and spend millions. I mean, it is just so ornate, so precious. Also, um, what is the other location? Oh, Fordham and Mason. Fordham and Mason is like a traditional tea house, tea company, I think. But they also have a grocery store and they have a Christmas shop and an ice cream bar. Like they have, I don't know, it's this really interesting department store. If you're coming to London, know that they really do department stores well here and they're maintained and they're celebrated. Like in the U.S., we have a Kohl's and a Macy's and a, you know, TJ Maxx is hanging on by a thread. Not here. They very much love their Selfridges, Harrods, and you know most iconic stores have are still up and running like it's a tradition. So anyways, they have this incredible ornate selection of novelty ornaments and I'm talking like we went into Fordham and Mason and they had this cute little ornament. It was a stork, hand embroidered, and it said "Baby's First Christmas." I've never wanted to be pregnant until I saw that ornament, because yeah, I do want little stuff like that. That's why I can't marry a bum, because if I have to deal, if I have to marry somebody that finds an issue with every single purchase I want to make, I don't think men understand that we make the house a home. Like that is the blessing of feminine energy. Like they would sleep on a mattress on the floor. Like what? No, I need those ornaments. I, I, that is like 
me. Like I love a collection. I love the continued building of something like that to me is the tradition. And I think a lot of those traditions are in the little things. You know, how many families do open your pajamas on Christmas Eve? Like, that's a great, but who really wants pajamas? Unless like your kids are obsessed with that or you like are really obsessed with pajamas, then great. But my Christmas pajamas sat in a drawer for 12, you know, 12 months until next Christmas and I couldn't fit them. So then it was like a body dysmorphia thing and girl, nobody has time for that. So I'm thinking for my kids, it's a new novelty ornament every year and it's like a surprise. Mom and dad go because yeah this is a part of my vision mom and dad go to this department store when we're traveling of course without the children mom and dad will travel without the children to london (laughs) mom even better i could marry an english man mom and english dad travel to the department stores without the kids it's our annual one of our annual um parents vacations that we do without the children because we're trying to like re-spark our relationship and we always stop into the Liberty London and the Fordham Mason because we get the novelty ornament of the year. And each kid gets a different one. Like it's about their personality. Okay. My kids started hockey that year. We'll get the hockey ornament, you know, whatever it is. And it's like a big, we, we write the year on the bottom of the ornament. And now when my kids leave the house at 18 or 20 or whenever, they have an entire set of ornaments for a Christmas tree. Because how many of you guys are like, I don't want to buy any Christmas decorations and waste money. It When you're adulting and you've got bills to pay and you got to feed yourself and figure out how you're going to do, buying Christmas stuff just feels like, oh, and it shouldn't. It should be the fun stuff. Like, I think it's the energy and it's the approach. I'm reading Artist's Way right now. I'm on week eight or week nine, I forget which week. Um, And it has changed my life in the way that I approach the silly little things. Like, you know how billionaires are like, oh, you don't need an iced coffee. You know, screw the iced coffee. That's not, no, no, it is important. Like, that is what life is, is having little things that are important to you and doing them. Do you realize how hard it is for people to do that? Especially Americans. Because the gag is, we are so consumerist like we will stress ourselves out to do all kinds of crap. But I've learned from the Europeans that they go on holiday, they go on vacation, they travel. I have been asked by so many different Europeans, why haven't you gone there? Why haven't you gone there? I'm like, um, I don't know, because they're always traveling. They're always somewhere. They always will figure it out, honey. Because that's like important to them. Like it's a part of the culture to travel. And so I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking, you know, four to five gifts per kid, something materialistic, something that mom and dad made the kids. Cause I do think that it, it could be an opportunity to like profess love to your children. Like if my mom made me something for Christmas, I would have died. I would have loved it. You know, I'm not going to lie. I would have. I would have thought that was so cute. Like if she made me, I don't know, like, you know, how like those DIY dads will just get in the wood shop and start making a vanity. Like, yes, make my daughter a little vanity dresser. I'll paint it. We'll pick out the fixtures. Like I want to make my kids stuff. You know, I think that'd be a really cute kind of economical, sustainable thing. And then, you know, 
you could give them something that they're interested in. You know, we see that you're interested in playing the guitar, so we got you a guitar. You know, it's all hero gifts. Because how many of you guys got the big gifts and then like the other little filler gifts because it had to seem like you got a lot? You know, and I'm not criticizing our parents. Like they were just trying to give us the best Christmas. And there's so much social pressure, especially in the States. Like having a Christmas, having presents, having the holiday foods and having the money to, you know, do all the activities, like it's a big deal. Um, and it's a lot of money. So like, I understand it, but I think it really is about the time and the intention. How are you spending it? Who are you spending it with? I feel like we're having these questions and that I, to me is the opened door of nihilism is let's rethink this together let's rebuild this together. And I think in a white supremacist context, like our entire world, um, or at least in America, it is really difficult to think about collectivism. It's really hard to think about building things together. I think that scares white people because they're, they're so individualistic. And so there's this fear about, well, I'll just, you know, believe what my parents believe because I want to have a family for the holidays. But it's like, no. Like if you, I can guarantee you that your holiday would be 20 times better if you found an excuse to buy a two foot tree and decorated it with random novelty ornaments. Like if that was your Christmas gift to yourself, the meaning and the ritual in that is so much more powerful than listening to your great uncle refuse to call you by your accurate pronouns. Like, you know what I mean? Like that, those vibes are awful. And it's so much easier said than done. Like, I'm not going to sit here and act like that's so easy. But I think it's something that a lot of young people are struggling with. And, you know, unfortunately, I think if I could say a general statement, I think a lot of our parents were trying to survive the system that they were taught to believe in. So they're trying to unravel that, but it's not really going well. So the holidays is like this super packed time where it's just like, all of the stuff under the rug is hitting the fan. So even if you do, maybe you're like, I don't have the financial ability right now to be on my own for the holidays, or you know, that's just not what my life is looking like right now. I'm going to have to be home, or I want to be home with my family, even though they're a little cuckoo. Um, do something for yourself. Like buy yourself something that you've been wanting that feels like a splurge, that feels like something you don't deserve. You know, because I think again, something that I'm getting really clear on through reading The Artist's Way and through doing a lot of this work is you will spend that money anyway. This is for all of us who grew up with a scarcity mindset. Oh my God, I was raised with that. Um, you know, don't do this, don't do that. I actually um, had to create a manifesto for um, my master's program and it I literally called it don't, or not don't, play with your food. You know, because how many of our parents said, don't play with your food, don't play with your food. Why not? Like, I'm just in kind of like the why not whimsical era of life. Like, I want to be whimsical. I want to get an iced coffee because I wanted to get an iced coffee. Like, it shouldn't be that deep. And um, I mean, of course, like, don't, you know, go broke trying to do it. But it's like, that is what life is is the little things. And you will spend that money anyways. When you're stressed out and you're working four jobs, 
you're going to spend it all on DoorDash. Like I have been there where I am working myself to the bone and, you know, trying to be so rigid with myself and not allowing for any play makes it worse, makes my spending worse because I don't have a silly little hobby or a little thing. Like I just bought myself a watercolor kit because I've been wanting to try it. Like that money would have gone into Princess Polly. <laughs> like seriously though, like I probably would have gone online and done some online shopping for clothes I didn't need because it, at some point the impulsive purchases are way more expensive than the things that are actually dedicated to, you know, bettering or furthering those gifts inside of you. So yes, it is worth it to get your nails done if that's your thing. It is worth it to buy the album, buy the t-shirt, you know, do whatever it is that you need to do. Create a vision board. Oh my God. If that's, if there's nothing else you do on the holidays, make a vision board, thumb through some magazines by yourself and just cut out anything that appeals to you and see how your life changes. I tell people all the time to make a vision board. I'm a huge advocate. It has changed my life. Um, it has made me the driver of my life. I'm no longer the victim in the back seat going, why, 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 why? Because I created it. Like, I'm the reason I'm in London. I'm not experiencing this victimhood. I don't know why I'm here and it's cold here and it's rainy and it's and I don't understand the culture. No, no, no. I love it. Every day I learn something new. Every day there's something else to see. That's exciting. That's energizing. And so it just creates a completely different experience of your life. Not to mention when you, I, I started putting crazy stuff in there, things on the vision board that I thought I would never get around to. Like I will never, I'm like that, that's like a dream, dream, dream. Okay. And like within a year, within two years, and it's insane when you start looking back and you realize, whoa, I had to experience this to even be able to appreciate this. So that has been my spiritual practice. I'm not going to lie. I, that has been the real tangible experience of my spirituality has been vision boarding. Um, and that has been the structure and kind of my rituals. So if that helps anyone, I'm always recommending that. And um, yeah, I think those are my little holiday things, the things that I kind of want to do. And I think just allow time for your feelings as well. You know, it's like be bored on Christmas, you know, like after like 12 p.m. It just gets a little like, OK, what now? <laughs> you know, like lean into it. Um, if you can, like suggest an activity, you know, like do something that would feed your brain. I, I don't know. I think that there's I just I want to believe that there's always options. And I think that's the optimistic. Maybe that's an American thing to be optimistic, too. But in a world full of consumption and with the obsession of consumption, these are the little things that helps slow you down. Because I think that's one of the buzzwords too, right? Like slow down, think about your life, but nobody knows how to do that. Like, no, how do you, you don't just slam on brakes after years and years and years of conditioning and consumption. I still am constantly buying stuff, constantly feeling like I need something new. So it doesn't just switch overnight, you know? Um, but also living more simply, living not even more simply, because I feel more decadent when I do the things that I actually care about. 
And it could be something so simple to somebody else, like making a vision board. Like that feels luxurious to me when I sit down and really feel it because it's like I'm I'm creating what I'm going to experience in my life. Like that that feels luxurious. Um <clears throat> so <sighs> those are my spilled thoughts about the holidays, the holiday season. Um and like I said, like it's be as extra or as simple as you want to be about it. But do something for you because I think um, we really all just need processing. I mean, what we're experiencing is insane. And um, yeah, I think just allow space to really think things through and just feel your feelings. Um, so yeah, that's, <laughs> I'm like, so that's it. I actually, um, have some fun Halloween plans this year. I'm really excited. I have my costume. I'm going to be a British soldier. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. Actually, I don't think it's a soldier. It's like a palace guard. It's really going to be ironic because I'm doing it for irony. I'm not doing it for a sense of nationalism. I'm doing it for irony. Um, because in America, we do that. We actually had a deep conversation about semiotics and um, the flag. We were talking about what? What is her name? Sporty Spice and the British flag that she wore, or was it Sporty? One of the Spice Girls that you know that iconic British flag costume. And my teacher was like, "Would anybody else wear their country's flag? Because that's a big, like, piece of semiotics. Like other cultures would never have their country on a bikini top. Like that's a very like Western." white supremacist thing to do like America and Great Britain like love that kind of stuff um but it's funny because as an American I feel like I definitely probably would wear the American flag as irony like we do it as like an ironic you know kind of who cares America is corny like we do it to like make fun of America not to like not that we're necessarily proud um, I don't know though. Being an American is a very complex experience because, and I said this before too, but moving here has made me patriotic in some ways, which I was not expecting. Um, not even patriotic is in like the government, but for like the people. Like for some reason, after living here, I'm just like I can I have, I appreciate Americans as a people because we're so like willing to you know forward progress into the ground <laughs> you know like we just really want the best and i think you can see that in our sports culture and um a lot of other cultures so anyway that's my side note on that but i'm yes i'm going to be a palace guard as a big ironic joke, it's going to be really funny, really iconic. I'm waiting for the jacket to come in. I have every other piece of my costume except for the freaking jacket. You know how it is. Ordering the costumes, it just like takes a while to come in. Um, and I tried to get something that I could wear again because it is like, ugh, you know, not sustainable to be like buying something for a costume. Like, ugh. I try to DIY as much as I can. But I technically only had to buy two things. I had to get, I had to get the hat and I had to get the jacket. So 
I wasn't really breaking the bank. Um, And I think it's a fun, creative thing to do, to do Halloween. So I'm excited. We're going out. It's going to be a big, fun time. And, or it should be a fun time. I don't know. It's going to be interesting, though, because I've noticed here, like, my non-American friends that are dressing up, like, they're very serious about it. Like, they genuinely are dressing up to dress up. (laughs) Like, they're trying to piece an actual costume together and, like, be serious about it. Like, in America, it's all irony. It's all, like, everyone's costumes are just irony. It's either cute, ironic, or slutty, or some kind of converge of both, or you know, of all of those. So it's kind of a fun way that we kind of loosen up. And I'm not going to lie, I appreciate it. I think it's a fun dose of relaxation for Americans. So with that being said, I will see you guys next week. Be easy with yourself during the holiday season and do something for yourself. Bye, guys.